sit down, look in the mirror and ask yourself that very basic question. Why am I not being honest with myself? And what is this symptom? What is this pain that I'm experiencing? What's it really about? What am I overlooking? What's the limiting belief that I created that keeps me circulating around this problem again and again and again and again? If you're willing to be honest, guess what happens? Hi, I'm Dr. Morgan Nolte, founder of Zivli. As a geriatric physical therapist, I saw the heartbreaking effects of insulin resistance. At Zivli, our mission is to help you prevent and reverse insulin resistance for long-term weight loss and disease prevention through a low insulin and inflammation lifestyle. Each week on this podcast, you'll learn simple, actionable tips to lose weight, keep it off, and get healthy. If you're ready to create a body and life you love, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Reshape Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte, and today I'm really excited about our guest. I'm interviewing Christopher Lee Maher, and he is a former Navy SEAL who endured intense physical, mental, and emotional stress as a child. By combining a SEAL mindset with modern stress management strategies, Christopher taught himself to free his body and mind from pain by developing mental and physical tools for eliminating unresolved stress. So that's a big topic of the conversation today is how do we eliminate unresolved stress? He wrote about his experience and lessons in his book, Free for Life, a U.S. Navy SEAL's unique path to inner freedom and outer peace. He is a student of Grandmaster Manta Chia at the Universal Dao Master School in Chiang Mai, Thailand, and is currently pursuing his master's and doctorate degrees in traditional Chinese medicine. Christopher, I'm really excited for our interview today. Whenever I'm speaking to someone who has served our country, I always like saying thank you very much. I know it's a huge sacrifice for yourself, your loved ones. Um, So thank you. And can you just start off by telling us a little bit about your story. I think it's a pretty unique one and I'm excited to hear it. Well, one, thank you for having me on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the service was great. The service shaped me into who I am today. And so um, I look back with that as a point in my life where I learned a lot about who I am and what it is to step into discipline, hard work, uh, brotherhood, um, integrity. Yeah, my story is one of trial and tribulation, right? Um, in the, the the hero's journey, you know, you, um, you come to the planet thinking one thing and then you end up in a completely different place. And when I went to SEAL training, I was looking for a challenge. I think other guys are going in the military because they're motivated to serve their country right? It's, it's all about patriotism. And, and my father was in the military, my great grandfather was in the military. And, and those some of those things are true. None of that was my motivation. Uh, fortunate for me, I figured out a way to get to SEAL training. Um, when you go into the courtyard, where we do the physical training, up to your left, on the wall, it says the only easy day was yesterday and they kept their promise, right? Each day they, you accumulate more stress because the demands are higher, right? 
the classroom demands are higher. You're learning dive physics, dive medicine, all these very complex uh, gas ratios. And plus you've got all the physical work and then you have all of the emotional demands to be able to motivate yourself to get up the next day to do it all over again. And um, SEAL stands for Sea Air and Land Commando, right? So there's, we're jumping out of planes, we're diving into the ocean, we're diving into bays, we're, uh, we're infilling and exfilling through different mediums to allow us to have an advantage where we use the element of surprise. That's the greatest advantage because we go in with only a handful of guys, a very small amount of men. We carry a lot of firepower. Everybody's extremely fit. Everybody's extremely strong, not only physically, not only mentally, emotionally, but also spiritually. When I say spiritually, I mean, there's a certain ethic in the SEAL teams. And the ethic is you show up on time, you get it done, and you do it right. And there's no question. You never bitch, you never moan, you never complain. And, you know, when you're in an atmosphere like that, I was 22 years old when I was in a SEAL team. You're in an environment with men, like guys that are, they're hardened by life. So it's no nonsense. Of course, there's play and there's fun, right? There's joking around and needling each other with comments. And, but the job is taken very seriously. So when we go into the field, you know, there's a lot of expectation that you're going to be, your mind is only going to be where you're at, right? Common saying is be, be, be where your boots are. Right. And when you're challenged like that as, as a young man, you don't know that there's a cost, right? You don't know that there's a physical cost. You don't know that there's an energetic cost. You don't know that there's an emotional cost. You don't know that there's a spiritual cost. And the SEAL teams, it's its, its own culture. And um, I decided after a while that I learned what I needed to learn. I experienced what I wanted to experience and I decided to get out and go after what I call my Olympic or Olympic trial dream. And what happened for me is that my body wasn't working the way that it was supposed to, right? Started losing my vision, started losing my hearing. I had pain at every joint on the left side of my body. I was experiencing all kinds of insomnia. I had digestive issues. I had elimination issues. And on the outside, I looked like Adonis, right? Always had a nice square jaw, good-looking guy, fit, strong body. But on the inside, I was failing miserably, right? But on the outside, I was still keeping up the front, right? I was still pretending that everything was okay. So if you saw me, you never knew that I was suffering quietly. And, you know, looking back, I realized that from the things that I experienced as a child and being institutionalized in a boarding school for 10 years and then being institutionalized in the military for almost eight years, that I had picked up very bad habits. And those habits are being hyper-independent. And in a state of hyper-independence, you need to lean on stoicism. So I was raised to never speak about things that are negative. And so one of the sayings at boarding school that one of my house parents used to say is if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. So that means that implies that the child is only allowed to speak 
about things that are positive, even though they may be experiencing life through a negative lens. And so I never learned to communicate to my own benefit on the things that I was experiencing that were either traumatic, that were either stressful, or that were causing a lot of tension or psychological or emotional distortion in my life experience. And so I kept true to that state of function until my body failed me. And then I had to do what is was really risky for me, right? It was to reach out and ask someone for help, to admit that I was suffering inside, to admit that I was in pain, to admit that I was in discomfort. And what was motivating me to do that was my desire to get recognition for having an opportunity to make the Olympic trials or make an, an Olympic team. But overall, if I look back in retrospect with honest eyes, that was all a fantasy because that was never going to happen. I was never going to make the Olympic trials. I was never going to make it to the Olympics because I no longer had a body that could do the things that I needed it to do in order to produce and perform at the level that I needed to perform at to be able to make a time that would be legitimate enough to get me an invitation to go to the Olympic trial. So I did everything that I could. I had a lot of tears, had a lot of frustration, had a lot of agitation. And once I started getting on that holistic path, once I started what I would call getting into physical therapy, therapizing my body um, from the removal of tension and stress, I started to shift my mindset. Instead of looking for recognition from others, I flipped it on its head. And guess what happened? I decided to put my time, my energy, and my effort into helping others achieve their desires or wants or goals and their dreams, right? In a way that I felt was true to who I was at the time. And I looked under every stone and every rock and every fallen tree in the woods for anyone who could help me physically rehabilitate or they had some education that I would find beneficial to getting healthy again. So where did that process start? First of all, were you trying to do like track and field for the Olympics? Or yeah, I ran, yeah, I ran track and field. I ran uh, middle distance and then I shifted down to 400s in order to build up some speed. But my goal really was I wanted to perform really well at the 800. Mm-hmm. Um but after one lap, you know, you get to the 500 yard mark and then 600 yard mark and then my body would just start falling apart faster than everyone else's around me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any idea what was going on. So it was a very frustrating time for me. How did you discover that it was kind of stress that, that this unresolved stress, like how did this, oh, kind of a, a facing the facts that you're not going to make it to the Olympic trials lead to this discovery of, oh my gosh, I have a lot of unresolved stress. I think the pain, the pain, you know, when you get iliotibial band friction syndrome, and then you've got plantar fasciitis, you got runner's knee, and then you end up with intense pain on the outside of your hip. And then you end up with low back pain and stiffness and throbbing and that moves into your shoulder, then your neck, and then out to your elbow and wrist. I continued to keep training 
while I was in pain. And then eventually the pain would leave that part of my body would shift to another part. Can you explain kind of the universe, the universal laws as they relate to stress and how stress is created and how stress manifests in the body? Sure. So when you look at a human body, you have to understand every human on the planet has four worlds that they operate out of. They operate out of the physical world. They operate out of the emotional world. They operate out of the spiritual world. They operate out of the physical world. So what that means is they have a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies. Each one of these bodies is governed by a different expression of function. And what I mean by that is this. The spiritual body is very simple. It's black and it's white. There's right and wrong. There's correct and incorrect. Okay. And it's always about the energy. It's about the light. It's about, um, it's about the circulation of what the Chinese would term chi flowing through the body. The emotional body is about connection. It's about breath. This, the mental body is about analysis. Right? It's about understanding, it's about learning, it's about problem solving, making decisions, being authentically self-expressed. Again, you have physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies. The challenge is all three of those bodies live in the physical body. The spiritual body begins outside and moves inside. The physical body starts inside and moves outside. And so when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, And you have a challenge, you have to look at, well, where's my level of discomfort and pain? For some people, the pain is emotional, right? What does that mean, emotional pain? They they have an excessive connection to a feeling of hopelessness or feeling of depression or feeling of repression, or they have intermittent borderline behaviors, okay? If someone's suffering spiritually, it's impossible for them to honor their ethics, their morals, their values, their principles, and be in integrity with their work. Okay, so those people would say they're, they're spiritually unwell, they're spiritually sick. Okay, somebody else might be mentally unwell, right? You hear this term a lot these days, mental illness, mental wellness. Well, how do you know if you're mentally unwell? Your body is in pain. How do you know you're emotionally unwell? Your body's in pain. How do you know you're spiritually unwell? Your body's in pain. How do you know you're physically unwell? Your body's in pain. Okay. And so the mental body is all about clarity, right? Or when it's stressed, it's about confusion. And so if you're moving around the world with a foggy mind, That foggy mind, that fog is informing you, hey, I'm stressed. I should probably seek someone out, either a physical therapist, an acupuncturist, somebody, a meditative teacher, someone that can help give you some answers, some clues, or give you some practices that you can implement to begin to start to come back into coherence. So if we look at this On a universal plane, what we're talking about is coherence, magnetic coherence. When a person is electromagnetically coherent, guess what happens? Their mind is quiet. Their body is strong. Their emotions are grounded and their energy is abundant. 
So if your energy is not abundant, if your mind is hyper and overactive, if you're living in a state of anxiety that's perpetual and continuous and high, and if your body is uncomfortable and you have a feeling of weakness, you already know that you're out of electromagnetic coherence. Why coherence? Because the universe itself is coherent. The solar system is in coherence, right? All of our planets, they all move around the sun in a very specific way. And they do that on a very specific timing. Our planet has seasons, right? When our planet goes out of coherence, the seasons change, right? And then what happens? We end up with um, intense earthquakes, intense floods, intense um, heat waves, intense cold waves. And so Every human has an opportunity while they're here to do everything they can to maintain a certain level of coherence. Because when you're in alignment, and nothing trumps alignment, and what I mean by that is when your brain is turned on electrically, your body is turned on magnetically. And when those two are in coherence, your organs are healthy, your structural tissues are soft and pliable, your mind is present. And your emotions and your spirit are flowing in an abundant nature. But guess what happens if they're not? If they're not, you end up struggling instead of thriving, right? And what does struggle look like? Struggle looks like it's something as simple as a headache that's intermittent or a migraine. Struggling looks like something, str struggle looks something like pain at any one of your joints insomnia, an over-addiction to the daily drugs. What are the daily drugs? Nicotine, caffeine, alcohol, recreational drugs, pharmaceutical drugs, food colorings, preservatives. When you have a high level of addiction to these substances, you're using everything you can in the outer world to attempt to manage your internal stress load. But what it's all telling you is that you're out of coherence. Yeah, that so, makes sense. I would add sugar to that list too on, yes, you know, sugar, the, the foods that people yeah, turn yeah. to. Yeah, sugar is the greatest culprit because it's the most acceptable of the daily drugs. The challenge is what's the real reason why people are attracted to sugar? They're attracted to sugar because they have an inability to communicate to their own benefit, to their sphere of influence. So their needs are not getting met. If your needs are getting met and you have the ability to communicate authentically and get your needs met, guess what happens? Your attraction to sugar disappears. Yeah. Because like we talked about earlier, everything's about mindset, right? So if my mind electrically is out of balance and my body magnetically is out of balance, how am I going to have a positive or have the correct mindset in order to have the experiences that I want to have, right? So our bodies are made up of electromagnetic energy, which means essentially that every single human walking the planet is an electrolyzed magnet. Well, what do magnets do? They attract. What do they attract? They attract what they aren't and what they are. Why? Because we live on a third dimensional plane inside the planet Earth. What does that mean? A third dimensional plane. It means that we are here experiencing life through projection, reflection, manifestation, 
and generation. Okay. You're going to have to break that down a little bit more for me. Yeah. So we're, we're experiencing life through projection, right? So you see your girlfriend you haven't seen a while in college and you're like, oh, you look so beautiful. That's a projection, right? And then she reflects back to you based on what you said. She gives you a reflection on how she's receiving that, right? Okay. And, then, and then there's manifestation, meaning what I'm able to attract to myself through what people would term as the secret, right? And yep. what that means is, is the things that I think about again and again and again and again and again, they become a belief. So any thought you think again becomes a belief. As I continue to circulate those beliefs through my brain, out into my body, and through my electromagnetic uh, coherence, okay, my electromagnetic field, guess what happens? I attract that thing to me. Now I'm in manifestation. So projection, reflection, manifestation, and generation. What does that mean, generation? It means generational, meaning my body's made up of genetics and epigenetics that allow me to do what? That allow me to have similar experiences and similar understandings and similar benefits to the generations before me. Okay, that makes sense. I'm just trying to wrap my head around all of this a little bit. And I think it's helpful if I just back up and kind of reflect back to you on kind of what I've understood so far is that there's kind of four spheres. There's the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual, right? And I think that that's helpful to think through where is my stress coming from? Is this, and I wanted to ask, is there like a nucleus to all of it? Like, is there, if you think of like a ring of circle is like spiritual at the center and then emotional, mental, mental, physical, or are they all perfect? Perfect. um, I I had that question and that kind of image. Can you describe that a little bit? Yeah. So what happens is we're, we're, we're on a third dimensional plane. And what that means is there's on a third dimensional plane, you can have varying levels of density, right? So the spine, the spinal cord and the spinal column would be the first level of density, right? bone. That's the densest that we can come up with in the human body. But then you have 13 layers of human. And at the 13th layer of density, right, which is very, very, very subtle frequency. Okay. That's the edge where you connect and communicate with spirit. Okay. Your body takes up the first three layers. So you go from bone out to soft tissue, out to skin. Okay. Okay. And then from there, you've got, you've got 10 more layers of varying levels of, of, of density. And what are again, they? I mean, I'm just thinking of the aura. Like that's the only, yeah, yeah, yeah. The aura, which you would call, you would call it the aura, but we call it, we could call it the electromagnetic field. Perfect. Right? As it gets further away from your body, it becomes less dense. As okay. it gets closer to your body, it becomes more dense, right? So if, this is why when someone is standing behind you, you can feel them right? Because as they get closer to you, right, they start pushing on your electromagnetic field, which turns on your sensors and you go, hey, I feel like somebody's behind me. And you turn your head and you're like, oh, there is somebody right behind me. Okay. Versus you, you feel someone staring at you, right? Like, like 40 feet away and you turn over the left part of your shoulder and there's a person staring right in your eyes because you're, you're, field of energy around you is very, 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 very large. 
how large, like, so on the 13th layer, how long, like how large can our electromagnetic field? Well, it reaches all the way out to the edge of God, right? That's where you communicate with source, with, with spirit. So it's, it's intensely large, right? Now the tools that you have today in order to be able to measure that are they're they're very barbaric, right? So we're, we're just now getting into the technology. Technology in the future will allow someone to measure the, the distance and the length to which their work field reaches out in terms of varying levels of density. So through certain types of cameras and pictures, we can start to see the closer, more dense levels of our electromagnetic field, but we still can't see the fields that are way out beyond us, okay? So there's okay. this concept of oneness. This is how we're all connected. Right. Meaning we're connected into a collective mind. So we are all sharing this collective mind together. And so when one of us learns something new, it gets uploaded into the collective mind and collective will and collective energy so that all of us can learn from it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the same way that a mother who sends her kid to college wakes up at three o'clock in the morning. She she shakes her husband, says, wake up, Butch. I feel like something's wrong with Katie. Yeah. She calls and she finds her daughter's been in a car accident and she's in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, So another word that comes to mind is intuition. So how does that play into this? Well, the intuition starts in the body. It creates what's called a guttural response based on the electro what's coming into your electromagnetic field. Right. But all communication begins outside of you and moves towards the inside of you. Okay. Your ability to pick that up at the skin level, right. In the skin is an organ that in Chinese medicine, they call it the triple warmer. Uh, But in terms of our conversation today, it has a lot of sensors, right? And its job is to not only pick up, but also to transcript and translate that information into thought so that we can perceive the things that are going on outside of us, the things that are going on, that are going on outside of us that are away from our senses, meaning, I'm experiencing something that I can't see. I got a feeling like my brother's struggling. I don't know why I need to call him, right? Mm -hmm. I can't see with my eyes. I can't hear what he's struggling with, okay? But intuitively, my body is picking up from the collective field that we all share that he is under some form of struggle. So... There's, this is all really interesting. I mean, I told you at the beginning of this conversation, I would consider myself a pretty novice person when it comes to spirituality and like the principles of spirituality and the laws of the universe. And so I want to bring it back into like the everyday person that might be listening, because one of the bullet points that was kind of in the email to come on the podcast was how the symptoms can hide the solutions. Um, And so if you're in pain, or if you're experiencing symptoms of unresolved stress or chronic stress, how does that hide the solutions from our mind? Because I'm, I'm having this vision of like all of the energy, all of our electromagnetic field. And if it's almost like distracted by pain or negativity, is that how it doesn't receive the solution? Or can you speak into that a little bit more? Yeah. So what happens is when someone is in some level of pain, whether that's psychological, emotional, mental, or physical, or um, spiritual, what happens is they focus on the symptom. 
And because they're focused on the symptom, they never ever put their energy or focus on the problem, right? So they're focusing on the branch instead of the roots, right? The roots of the tree are sick or the roots of the tree aren't getting enough water or enough nutrients. And then what happens is the tree isn't bearing any fruit. And so then what the person does is say, oh, let's just get it some more sunshine. Okay, let's put our attention on these branches. Well, if the roots aren't getting enough fluid, the branches are going to be dry. So the question is, is what's disrupting the natural flow in the aquifers underneath into the root system from allowing that water to get up to the branches? And so when you focus on the symptom, you quite often overlook the solution. And the solution is generally 180 degrees away from where you're looking. What's a practical example of that, either from your own life or from someone that you know? I mean, a health-related example would be um, I have anxiety, okay? And what I'm choosing to do is to continue to keep drinking coffee or smoke marijuana. Well, guess what? Coffee and marijuana are what are called anxiogenics. Anxiogenics are anxiety-causing agents. So I have anxiety, so then I smoke marijuana, it gives me a reprieve from the anxiety that I'm feeling. And then guess what happens afterwards? After I come down from my high, I actually have more anxiety. So rather than um, put your attention on trying to use things that are outside of you, why don't you ask yourself the question, what's actually causing the anxiety? And instead of trying to manage it with a substance outside of you. Mm-hmm. So what are your favorite tools to facilitate that process of internal reflection? My favorite tool is the mirror, right? So whenever you're struggling, right, you need to pick up a chair. Don't stand, pick up a chair, sit down, lean in and look into your eyes and ask yourself a very simple question. Why am I finding it difficult to be honest with myself? And you can either lean on your faith, right? Some people are there into prayer. Some people are there into meditation. Whichever your thing is, sit down, look in the mirror, and ask yourself that very basic question. Why am I not being honest with myself? And what is this symptom? What is this pain that I'm experiencing? What's it really about? What am I overlooking? What's the limiting belief that I created that keeps me circulating around this problem again and again and again and again. If you're willing to be honest, guess what happens? Honesty is connected to a very specific part of the body, right? Which is the emotional body. The emotional body is about balance, okay? It's about connection. Guess what happens? If I don't connect with myself in an honest fashion, And I don't ask and dive in with some very basic questions. How am I ever going to find any solutions to the problems that I have that are going on on the inside of me? That's the first step. The first step is honest questioning of my own belief system. And when I shift my mindset and I I tune into another belief system, guess what happens? Because I'm made of electromagnetic energy, I then start attracting these new experiences, 
that are the opposite to my old belief systems. So whatever's going on in my body is going on in my life. Whatever's going in my life is reflected on what's going on in my body. So if so, I take, go ahead. I'm sorry. Are you talking about a real mirror just, or is it just kind of like more of a metaphor? A real mirror. A real mirror. A Sit real down, mirror. look yourself right. in the eye and ask look these Look yourself questions. in the eye. Ask okay. yourself these questions. Why? Because what do they tell you? They say the eyes are the windows to the soul. Well, would you rather communicate with yourself at a soul level or personality level, knowing your personality will do everything that it can to avoid punishment, rejection, humiliation, violence, pain, and discomfort? Or would you rather communicate with on a soul level with yourself where the soul is fearless? It cares not about personality. It cares to be in truth. Mm-hmm. It doesn't care about your ego. It doesn't no, care. It just cares about what's absolutely yeah. best for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the, yeah. Oops, go ahead. No, please. You're, 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 you're right on point. Okay. I just wanted to clarify. So if anyone is feeling some, um, incongruence, I think is a good word for it, either spiritually, mentally, emotionally, or physically, you're suggesting one of the best things they can do is just look themselves in the eye and ask. And I always like to say a couple of things come to mind. And the first is I like to say, ask yourself before you ask anyone else. That's right. Ask yourself what's wrong with me before you Google it. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of knowing in our body that we discount or that we don't fully acknowledge or that we don't give ourselves credit for. Like your body is so wise and so smart. Yeah. I mean, we're we're simply under trained. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If you don't train yourself in a new way, right. Think about this 40 years ago, were people asking themselves these questions? No, because they just went to a doctor and said, Hey, can you sort me out? And they said, sure. Wow. All these people want these quick solutions. Okay. Let's give them a solution. No one was encouraged. If you were spiritually sick, meaning you were unethical, immoral, unprincipled, and disintegrous, you went and you talked to your preacher, right? Because that's how humans have been trained. Go outside of yourself. And so the opportunity that we have now because of people like you, because of people like me, and the work that we're doing in the world and putting ourselves out there to question or give new ideas or new opportunities for people, it's giving people new ways of approaching things that are old. And what I mean by that is mankind has been stressed out for a very long time. That's why they called it the dark ages, right? And now that put humans in a very strong state of survival-based strategies. And now we're in a position where now we get to think about this and go, how do I move into a thriving-based mindset? How do I move into a thriving-based strategy? Well, now we have it. Now we're here. Sit in a mirror, look yourself in the eye, and do exactly what you said. Ask yourself first. Get intimate with you. And when you get intimate with you, you're going to see whether or not you're vested. Because yeah. most people live in a fantasy. They think, well, I could, well the doctor, hmm, they removed my gallbladder so I can go back to eating the way that I used to because mm-hmm. I don't have my pain. That's a fantasy, right? Reality is I've got this discomfort. 
I've got this pain, I've got this confusion, I've got this anxiety, I got this level of anger, or I got this level of self-righteousness, I need to connect with myself to see what this is really about. And if you're willing to love yourself a little bit, a little bit, go to a mirror, sit in a chair, and talk to yourself, okay? Ask yourself what's going on and be with you. I think just to wrap it up, there's a quote, I I don't know who it's from, um, but I really like it. And it's part of it is, you know, as above, so below, as within, so without. And like that last part, as within, so without, if you don't like something about your world, you are the creator of your world and you have the choice to change it. And I want to challenge anyone who's listening to this. I've actually tried this even before we met looking myself in the eye, just to be like, how are you today? What do you need to hear from you today? And it's harder than you think. So I would almost challenge someone to set a timer, like for at least a minute to sit there in silence and look at yourself because at least for me, it gets pretty uncomfortable. It feels a little bit weird, but if you want the insight, if you want that inner knowing, you have to create the space and the mental margin to receive that information. And if you're always busy on TV, scrolling through social media, listening to podcasts and YouTube videos, getting all of this external advice, and you're never listening to that inner knowing, you won't ever be able to receive it. So I hope that that's what people took from today's interview was the importance of asking yourself first, creating the the space and the margin to receive the answers from yourself, and then hopefully having the the self-love to really follow through on what you need, on what you need spiritually emotionally, mentally, and physically. Yeah. I mean, and building a new pattern when I'm teaching people, I always tell them 28 days in a row, do something for 28 days. Look, if you get to day seven and you forget on day eight, go back to day one. Yeah. Okay. Now, when you get past day seven, that may be your sticking point, right? Because people have a certain level of esteem. And your positive esteem that you have for yourself is developed from the positive things that you do for you. That's inner self-esteem. There's outer self-esteem, which is the positive things you do for others. But the positive things that you're doing for others will never, ever make up for the positive things that you're avoiding to do for yourself. And so take the 28-day challenge, sit down, stand up if you don't have enough time, And look yourself in the mirror for, like you said, suggestions, 60 seconds and ask yourself, what do you need for you today? And if you focus on that a little bit, I promise you, everyone's going to benefit. Your relationships are going to benefit interpersonally. Your business relationships are going to benefit and your relationship with yourself and your family. And that's going to be a win, win, win for everyone. Yeah. I know that we are out of time, Christopher. So can you let people know where they can learn more about you and your book and your work? Yeah, they can learn more about me and my book and my work and my music at truebodyintelligence.com. And if you want to get a hold of me, it's very simple. Read the book, send Christina, my assistant, an email through support at truebodyintelligence.com. And I will do what I can to lend you some time, energy, and effort to help you. Plus, we have a free offer for anyone who, who's one of your listeners where a bester size, which I mentioned, uh, a little bit of the book, a little bit of a course that I taught, they'll be able to get access to so they can start making some incredible, valuable change for themselves. Yeah. 
And I wanted just to thank the listener for listening to this whole interview because it is a little bit out of the ordinary for my normal type of interview. We got a little bit more spiritual today and I personally really enjoy that. I love learning about that, um, the realm of that side of me and side of other people, because you look at yourself differently and you look at other people differently when you're acknowledging their spiritual body as well, not just their physical body, but also their mental and emotional and spiritual body. So I think it just um, allows for richer interpersonal connections. So thank you for kind of enlightening us to that today. Oh, that was great. I mean, like you said, thank you so much. Thank you for the listener. I mean, as a listener, you know, you're taking a risk and the risk is that you're going to expand and grow beyond your own limitations. And so we need everyone to start showing up and doing everything they can to be the best version of themselves. Yeah, We all benefit. That's what it's all about. We all benefit. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Christopher. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Reshape Your Health podcast today. To learn more about Zivli, our online course and coaching program to reverse insulin resistance for long-term weight loss and disease prevention, check out our website at www.zivli.com. That's Z-I-V-L-I.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a rating and review on your listening platform and share it with a friend. I'll talk with you at the same time, same place next week. Bye for now.